Gotham, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. out in Christmas land. Welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Gotham, episode 22. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. I am your co-host from the other side of the Hudson. I am Peter M. Vera, and today we are recording on December 2nd, 2020. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I would like to remind all of our faithful listeners that if you take the time to rate and review our show, on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and we and we read your review on air, we will send you a special prize pack. We uh, we will announce the winner for the November contest on December seventh because uh, the uh, the submissions usually take a couple days if you submitted a, a review on the on the final day of the month. So we'll give it some time there. Now, let me introduce you to the man, my co-host, who won the nineteen ninety three Garden City Macy's gift wrapping contest. Our very own little elf, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Holzman. What's up? What's going on, everybody? How are you? I'm busy wrapping gifts right now, so you know if I if I'm a little bit distracted, that's why. Um, just you know they're actually the doing this. Huh? Yeah, you know you got to keep the skills. You're a little uh, rusty. A long time ago. Last Christmas, was yeah, almost a year ago. I know. And that's a long time ago, man. I was still, it was the junior division because I was still in high school. Okay. So yeah, man, that was a while ago. Is there, but, is there a preferred uh, brand of tape you like for your gift wrapping expertise? No. I mean, the 3M Scotch is pretty good. 3M Scotch tape. I'm pretty good with that one. Uh, you gotta, you have to pick a tape. The key to it, if is to pick a tape that very easily can, you can tear and, and apply. You don't want it to like get stuck <laughs> on your fingers. And cause if that happens, then you have to get a new piece of tape and the other one's stuck to stick to your fingers. And it's just, it's just a pain. So tips and tricks by our very yeah, own so little elf. Do that. And if you're wondering how to do corners of a box, uh, you can email us and I'll, I'll explain it to you there. Eric, Eric, you're going to have to do a video tutorial on our Straight Outta Gotham YouTube page. <laughs> I could. I could, actually. Uh, I learned to rap. My mother is, like, to this day, an incredible gift rapper, and mm-hmm. I learned to do it rap from her. So all credit is hers, really. The, Not so much The mine. same goes for me, but the reasoning is different. I learned to rap from my mother. This way I could unwrap my presents and then rewrap them so nobody would notice. <laughs> There's, we yes, we have a wonderful, wonderfully famous story uh, around our, our family that um, when my mother for oh man maybe my sophomore year of high school, uh, the big thing was PS2. Everyone wanted PS2, myself included. Everyone wanted PS2. So my mom, I was, and she usually kept our. She used to wrap and keep the gifts in the basement. Well, I had this huge box, like a gigantic box, like like a generator, a gas power generator could fit in this box. <laughs> so like instantly I'm like, I got to find out what's in this thing. So I open that box and then it's a box in a box that's already wrapped. And then there's another box in a box. So it was like three boxes I had to unwrap. 
And I finally, I was like, oh, dude, I saw the blue and I was like, PS2, like, that's cool. Like, I just needed to see what it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was so excited. I told my brother and he goes, you, you, you didn't open it. I was like, no, I did, dude. I tell you, like, mom got me a PS2 for Christmas. He's like, no, no, dude, I, I don't believe you. Like, you, you didn't open it. And I was like, I'll go downstairs. I'll show you. I'll do it right in front of you. So mm-hmm. I, I did this whole process like three times because I was very excited. And what, when I showed my brother, his jaw was on the floor because one, he just couldn't believe like I didn't want to be surprised on Christmas. And then two, he's like, but you're, you're really opening your presents like in front of me. Like it was like the shock and all. And like we didn't tell my mother for at least like, oh, man, like a couple years. And because I, and on Christmas, like she brought it up like it was no big deal. And I acted surprised and everything. But yeah, so I was able to rewrap the gift so well that she didn't even notice that I opened it like three times. Oh, so dude, that's not cool, dude. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so now what she does is in, you know, as a joke, even she'll put, wrap them in like duct tape <laughs> because I'm kind of notorious for uh, just opening presents. And this way it's easier for her to tell. But oh, be surprised, man. That's part of the fun. Part of the fun is acting surprised, even though you know what you've got. <laughs> two weeks in advance i guess i guess that is also part of the fun seeing your parent like you your parents don't know that you have you do and you try to play that off i'm sure that's, gotcha. that's part of the fun especially, <laughs> yeah especially if someone like especially since your brother knew too so it was probably more fun that way that's awesome yeah but but uh yeah yeah no that's yeah so story <laughs> yeah the uh i don't have any stories like that just that um like i'm one of i'm as you know, I'm one of eight kids, so my mom has been wrapping gifts like all of her life, <laughs> pretty much. Jeez. And uh, she's just really good at it. So I remember I used to just watch her, and in the beginning I sucked, but I just got better at it. It's just something that I watched yeah. and learned, and you get better at. So again, if anyone has questions, especially about how to do the corners, because everyone's like, "There's too much paper. How do I?" Give it to me an email. <laughs> I'll help you out. I'll help you out there. So. Anything else new? We haven't spoken since Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, you know, lots of lots of turkey and mashed potatoes, as I like. Uh, you know mm. me, I, I like my turkey next, so that was delicious. Yes, I saw the picture that you sent to our, our last guest, Casey Walsh, who, if you guys remembered, cannot stand Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's funny. So uh, Pete tweeted the picture of the turkey neck. I saw that. I didn't always like the turkey uh, neck. I actually thought it was gross too. But like my mom was like, no, just try it. And I, I I put it off for years and years and years. And then I did. And I was like, wow, this is the best meat on the turkey. Like it's better than <laughs> dark meat. It's better than the white meat. It's just, it's interesting. It's the only thing I can compare it to is like oxtail. Cause like, that's what the bones are like kind of digging around there. So it's yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that, but again, my mom again, cause my mom grew when my mom grew up. They were real, they were poor, so they ate everything. Like she ate literally everything on the turkey, mm-hmm. on the ha- on the pig, on everything. Like she's eating all that stuff. So uh, it's very rare that my you'll ask my mother if she likes something, and she's or she'll say no, that's gross. She literally <laughs> literally likes <laughs> she likes all of all of that stuff. So yeah, Thanksgiving was cool over here. Uh, very again, very good turkey. We had um all the normal stuff, the stuffing. We had cornbread stuffing, though I didn't like it. I like the traditional mm-hmm. uh croutons or stale bread stuffing, if you want to call it. Yeah. That. Um. Yeah. So, but it was it was excellent, and it was just it was a short. It was a little bit. It was only like because of COVID, only some of us could gather. So it was mm-hmm. just a few of us. 
it was actually it was fun. It was a nice day. Good, good. I'm glad so, you're uh, so yeah, but we're back now and we're we're rolling into Christmas season. Uh I'm I'm gonna announce I'm gonna talk about something at the end of the podcast, guys, that we might be doing for Christmas. So just wait till then and um you'll hear well, it. Well don't forget but, Hanukkah's first, December tenth. That's true. Yes. They get yes, first dibs on the true. month, so <laughs> Yes, Hanukkah does start in a week from tomorrow. Yep. A week from yeah. So, um, shout, so yes, shout to out to Ben Grimm, my favorite Jewish superhero. Love the thing. <laughs> to all of our Jewish listeners, uh, happy Hanukkah. If we don't record by then, uh, we'll say that now. Uh, but yeah, so let's roll into some topics because we don't have a guest this time. It's just me and you. I'm sorry if that disappoints people, but that's all you get this time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just Pete and I. Here to take you through some some of the relevant topics in this industry that we've we've gotten in the past week and a half or so. So first, uh, as if anyone out there is fan of the Godzilla series of the Godzilla monster movies, uh, I know I didn't love the first one. The second one was eh, kind of okay. Uh, I one thing I will say in both films though, I do love the monsters. I think the monsters have mm-hmm. looked incredible. So. I'll give them that. So, but the the third one that's coming out is Godzilla versus Kong, and there was an article in the Hollywood Reporter saying that Netflix made a bid of more than two hundred million, but since it's a Warner Brothers property, it's Warner Media, um, they said no, you can't. We're we we're not giving it to you, and they want to try and get it now. On they're going to make an offer to Legendary for um, HBO Max. So. This is yet another film we're talking about that was supposed to be a big box office movie that will be probably going to streaming, and we actually have offers on it. So, Pete, what did you think when you heard the story? Um, I, I here's the thing: like at this point, I'm like, yes, obviously, let's do this. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like Warner Brothers is still kind of weary about doing the whole streaming thing. I think. Wonder Woman 84 almost reached like the end of its life where like this movie doesn't come out. People are just going to forget about it. So we got to do, we've got to do it. Um, In the article though, Warner brothers representative did say that they plan to release it theatrically, theatrically as scheduled. Um, I just don't know how that's with everything just being so uncertain, uncertain in the, in the world right now. I don't know if next May is going to be the time because I feel like I just watch the news and they feel they, everyone keeps hinting at like the summer. So they're saying like June and July, everyone should probably be vaccinated. And that's probably when almost normal life can start to begin. So it seems mm-hmm. like Godzilla versus Kong almost misses that deadline. Right. And it, which is kind of a bummer because I love Kong Skull Island. Like that might actually be my favorite King Kong movie. I thought that movie was phenomenal. I'm with you on King of the Monsters. Monsters were cool. Uh, the destruction of Fenway Park, awesome. Loved every bit of that. Uh, the movie itself, it was not as great as I wanted it to be. Uh, the first one, I loved the the Jaws effect. Not really seeing Godzilla till kind of the end, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, I loved how um, you know Raz Al Ghul uh, <laughs> was in the movie as well, fake Raz. But no, like I and Brian Cranston. Um, so like I was really into the first Godzilla. So the second one kind of bummed me out, and I liked the director. I think his name's Matt Doherty. Um, but uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, it's weird. Like, uh, I just, I don't know who to root for really. Like I, I love Kong and I love Godzilla equally, you know, like right. this was King Kong versus, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, Godzilla 1998, like no question, like King Kong all the way, let's go, you know, right. crush him. but, uh, I, it's weird. Like 
I'm just I'm just excited for some cool old school monster action. Um, we got some cool stuff like that in like the Rampage movie with uh, I, who was the Rock in that? Was that his movie? Yes, the Rock was. So in that, that was yes. cool. I enjoyed that. Um, I, I liked Rampage, and then seeing you know uh, Godzilla, Mothra, and um, uh, what's the three headed one? I forgot her name. I can't remember it either. Yeah, uh, I forgot her name. I'm sorry. Forgive forgive me, fanboy nation. But I thought the monster stuff was cool in that movie. So like, I'm just excited for more of the same. Yeah, I think the big thing to remember is China. Uh, these movies are are always huge in China. So uh, mm-hmm. Netflix doesn't apparently Netflix doesn't have a presence in China. I don't know if HBO Max does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be a factor here. I don't know but if also, HBO Max is available to anybody outside the United States. Yeah, I don't like that's a good question. I should consult my question. expert Reno on this topic. He loves this topic. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Pacific Rim was huge overseas as well in uh, China and I believe Japan as well. And they love their monsters. They love their mechs. So like this is. This is yeah, they love they love heavy effects movies, I'll say. Aquaman like, as well. Movies, yeah. Any movies that has has a high, um, very colorful or has like a lot of special effects behind it. They it seems like they Chinese people love that stuff. And Hey, I like it too. So more power to you. But I just—it's going to be interesting how that factors into the equation of what they do. Because as far as I know, China's back to normal, living their normal life. As far as I know, I have no Are idea. Are they really? I did not know that. Okay. I don't know for certain, but uh, used to, in the beginning of COVID, obviously, since the virus came from China, people were kind of talk. We were talking about China a lot more often. Now, since we we seem to be the the epicenter of the- well, one person specifically. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but now that we seem to be the place, we don't hear much about China anymore. So I'm assuming that people are going to the movies there. So um, if that factors into the equation, whether it gets released theatrically or not, I don't know. But I do know that the the bulk of the gross of all the Kong films and the Godzilla films came from the worldwide gross came from China. I just some some would say we've got to get our act together. Well, whether we get our act together or not, it's becoming clear that they're going to go forward with these movies regardless. Yeah, and so, I think the streaming thing is the way to go. I feel I'm sorry that some people can't um, access these films, but it's going to get figured out. We're we're figuring out everything as we go along, uh, you know, and that's what we've been doing since pretty much March. Um, so it it'll be a process. Um, you know, you'll get your films. I'm and the look the way that physical media works. I know it's kind of like a dying version of media. But they can pump out a Blu-ray really fast. Like, you know, we're we're no longer in like the times of like, remember it took like Jurassic Park like forever to come out on VHS. It's like mm-hmm. a movie's done theatrically, it's out on Blu-ray or 4K, whatever you want, right? Whatever however Ryan Haas wants to watch it, it's out there in the next month. So <laughs> it's available for you. Like it, you might have to wait a little bit longer, but I mean it you will be able to physically own these movies if you can't stream it. And I'm hundred percent certain yeah. that. Yeah, the turnaround's always faster now. Um, so yeah, we'll be able to get a copy to somebody at some point. And don't, you can't but, forget the illegal market too. Like people watch movies illegally all the time. So like, no, they don't. Yes, they do. What are you talking about? They do. They do. Bad no, people they do don't. bad things. They do not. I, it, I don't know where you heard that from, I mean, but they don't. I, I, lots of people. <laughs> I don't, you know, uh, not me, but I know people who do. I just, you know, I want people to earn their paychecks. I want them to get their due. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to pirate things. <laughs> No, I mean that market has been around for a for many many years. Um, I might have seen a, a one of those films here or there in my life. I'll just leave it at that. I might have gotten my hands on some of those. So, but um, 
especially well i don't need to joke about this when if you used to work in manhattan like i did the movie would be in the theaters and you'd go to like canal street and they would have, <laughs> they would have a copy of a dvd of the movie right there you like could, hey look and i'm like you could buy a dvd just... and a chanel purse right? yeah. like, I'm like, i just it. saw that movie up the block or it and here we are. yeah Canal Street's got everything. Yes, yes. Canal Street does have everything. Or at least it used to. Um, It'll be back. There's been, I, know, It'll be back. I know it's been cracked. Even before COVID, there were crackdowns on what, what you could do over there. But uh, who knows? Maybe after COVID, that market will be up and coming again and, and live for those people. The one thing I do miss about so. New York is just walking around and seeing a guy with like a folding table and like 30 bongs just out in the middle of the street you know, like <laughs> those are always interesting times like like, like okay like all right no one nobody like you know like manhattan's great because like everyone's like i've seen this before i'm just going to keep walking like no one pays it any mind but it's still one of my favorite things it's so true for for the people who visit it's like this huge deal but for the people who for natives we're just like eh, he's like oh, that's what they it's do water pipe. it's water pipe <laughs> yep. tobacco only like yeah okay bro <laughs> or, or there's a table setting up and you you really have to get somewhere and you're like trying to go and people are just standing there staring you're like get out of my way i have to get to work right <laughs> i will say like the best thing in the world was the five dollar uh sunglass table like oh yes. man, I forgot my sunglasses. There were always sunglasses to be bought in Manhattan, and it didn't. You know, for, for five bucks, you got yourself a wonderful pair of aviators. <laughs> yes, I I used to get fake Oakley glasses all the time for ten dollars <laughs> uh, from those guys. So I know we went on this tangent, but we'll bring it back. We'll come back now. We're, we're we went out and this we went for a little bit of swim out into the sea. Now we're swimming back towards the shore. So, uh, but yes. Godzilla vs. Kong, guys, likely now to be the next tenpole film to be streaming. So look out for it either on Netflix or HBO Max. We'll see how this works out. We'll see how this works out going forward. So moving right along, uh, Superman 2 turned 40. Yay! All right, sorry. I should have put some other sound effects in the back. But (laughs) but, uh, one of the stars of the movie, the woman who played Ursa, Sarah Douglas, looked back, um, recently did an article with Yahoo, I believe? Uh, Yahoo UK. Yahoo Movie. Yes, UK. Yahoo. And was talking about the shoot. Uh, and I'm not going to read through the article. Maybe I'll pull out a few quotes. But most of it um, talks about how, if you guys know the backstory behind the shoot, um, Richard Donner had shot 75% of it then Richard Lester took over and finished it but the reason he did is because uh, I forget his name Spangler? I feel like I'm talking about Ghostbusters now Spangler and Saulkind <laughs> yeah uh, well Spangler apparently Pierre Spangler that's his name uh, they were but there was butting heads on the set and the producers were all butting heads and apparently money wasn't being paid and so they got rid of um, Richard Donner or they came to Donner and talked about it. And he said, well, if he's doing this, then I'm not like, I'm no longer a part of yes, this. Cause they were originally shooting both movies back to back. Right. So then they so, paused production on two finished one. And then yeah. when the time came, that's when the rift really got bad. Right. But the funny thing is the cast didn't really know, or at least Sarah Douglas didn't know. She's like, she came back and certainly it wasn't Richard Donner's movie anymore. It was Richard Lester's. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes on to talk about how much that she loved Terrence Stamp and, uh, you know, how, uh, as we talked before this, how Christopher Reeve wasn't very nice on the set of Superman 2, but he was on Superman 1. Uh, so 
it's a really interesting article, guys, by the way. If you want to go go um, take a look at it and read it. But uh, Pete, anything from the article that stood out to you that you wanted that I didn't mention that you wanted to bring up? Well, what really I found interesting was that when she said when she was talking about how close the the American part of the cast was because they would stay in the hotel while they mm-hmm. were shooting in England, and meanwhile the English part of the cast just went home. Like it was you know like every other person in the country would just go home to work, so like they didn't have that tight knit bond. And right. I thought that was interesting how they, they all didn't kind of stay close by. But I guess if you live nearby, I don't know how big England is. It, it's not a it's not a huge island. So I'm, I'm no. maybe she lived close to where they were filming. But it was interesting. Uh-huh. And also just like I've never heard anyone ever say anything bad about Christopher Reeve. And yeah, she, it seemed like she was she brought up how he kind of maybe got, uh you know, too big for his britches come Superman two time. And she she mentioned how nice he was in the first movie and how he kind of changed a little bit. But she also said she went on to say, like, it's it's you're not one to talk ill about Christopher Reeve because he is the greatest Superman of all time. And he probably will be forever. Her words, not mine. Don't, don't come at me. <laughs> um, so I found well, that, one, I found that interesting. And it's just, it, yeah. it just builds up. Cause like, you know, Hackman didn't participate in the reshoots. So they used the body double from behind and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just, it was interesting. And then uh, the guy who played non Jack O'Halloran, you know, he, he assaulted uh, Spiegler and he, he kind of like, grabbed him because he wasn't getting his checks and i was like i was like man like it, it was uh it was a hectic time can you imagine what uh the internet would have been like you know oh we, boy we, we kind of got a glimpse of it with uh everything going on with uh justice league but man superman 2 crazy stuff really crazy yeah yeah i mean i remember when terminator salvation was being shot too we heard all those things about bail uh christian bale yeah. how he was on the set yeah. of that movie i remember that he yelled at mick yeah, yeah. He, yeah, they also mentioned the story here. How, oh, Jack O'Halloran, who played Nan, um, actually had Christopher Reeve up against the wall, and uh, yeah, they had to be they had there, to come and break that up. There's so. another link in the in the article where where Nan basically says he's like, I almost punched him. Like it, it, it's yeah. funny because like you look at those fight scenes and you're like, oh, this was real. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like yeah. you're not acting. Yet. You guys really <laughs> don't like each other. And I find yeah, that and. Oh, Howard was a boxer mm-hmm. uh, too. So, like, you just hear stuff like that, you're like, "Wow, like things could have got real messy real quick." <laughs> yeah, and just like <laughs> going, uh, I mean, the competitive nature of these actors. Like, I remember hearing stories of on BVS, like Affleck and Cavill would challenge each other to kind of like a bench pressing contest. Like, and I believe Cavill won, but um, it was just interesting. Like, okay, so these there is like some sort of competition going on. It's a versus movie. You guys are kind of squaring off against each other, but there's definitely yeah. There's that that ego and that pride that everyone has that everyone obviously thinks are the best, and you're, you're all talented and wonderful actors. So, but it, it, it's interesting how that that kind of stuff comes out in, in a movie like this, hero versus villain. You know, the last the one of the other interesting things, or one of the like the last things I remember too, is she said that. Um, when the Donner cut came out, none of them, none of the cast members got paid for that. Mm-hmm. They, like, they didn't get any residual money from that cut of it. They only, st- they get it obviously from the theatrical cut, but nothing from the Donner cut. Yeah. When it was re-released. Which is, I don't know if that's like a time, so, maybe because it was yeah, I don't know. so much later in the past, but also she mentioned how she was really the only person who went on the PR tour to promote the movie. Like no yeah. one really wanted to participate in it because of what happened to Donner. And she just said, she was like, I was 27. I was kind of young. I was naive. And I just, yeah. I was just doing, and she, she mentions like, I went through a, a very rigorous, like 
few classes into how I was supposed to answer questions. And again, it just, it just makes me think of everything we went through with justice league and how, you know, Warner brothers probably did something very similar with that cast going forward with the comic cons and everything like that. Yep. I mean, it, to me, Superman two is the best of those movies of the Superman movies. Uh, it's the rare, to me, it's the rare sequel. That's better than you think it's better than Superman one. Really? I do, yes. Okay. I do. I like I like it better. I know people have a problem with Terrence Stamps um Zod, and that's fine. I mean Who has a problem with Terrence Stamps Zod? <laughs> what? There are people who do, yes. There are people I'm who have sorry. issues with it. Oh no. Um, oh god no. And especially when Man of Steel came out with Michael Shannon playing, who was great as well. He was excellent. Um, I think they're both I always, on par. I think they're both perfect. I, I I can't really pick one over the other. I love both interpretations. I think one is just as good. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, Terrence Stamps has is like has that weird sense of humor in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of the things he said you laugh at it makes you chuckle. Yeah, so uh, I like I think I liked a little bit of that. Maybe that's why. Um, but no, I of the of Superman one and two, Superman two to me it's the for me it's the rare sequel that's better than the original. Uh, and from seventies movies, is, I feel the same about. Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. So Godfather maybe it's Part just Two, a, right? Yeah, maybe it's just a seventies movies thing that that was the era of the sequel. I don't know. <laughs> My only gripe against Michael Shannon's Zod is he never says Neil before Zod. I know. I, I wanted that, and I mean, it's kind of cool that Terrence has that like place in lore. Like that's such a a powerful statement. Know. You know. Yep. He says it to a number of people too. <laughs> it's great. Neil before so. Zod. You know, and then. Uh, I yeah, always love Lex Luthor, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so. so yeah, so uh, officially December fourth, which is Friday, is was the date it was released in Europe in Australia. Superman two, so that's the actual that segue uh, was not planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's where uh, you know that's the official date that that gives it this this current yeah, anniversary. Forty years up old. To- that's. We've come yeah. a long way since Superman 2, right? It's almost as old as me. Not yet, though. <laughs> we are dating ourselves here. Yes, yes. Uh, but I again, I I thought this article was really cool, and it, it really gave a little bit more insight into something we knew about, but I think she kind of fleshed some of the story out that we didn't know about. So it was, yeah. it's a really awesome read, guys. If you get a chance, uh, check it out. Uh, no, maybe we'll tweet. I'll tweet it out when we announce this episode when it goes live, so you guys can yeah, access it. We there. will put it in the description. Right. So, speaking of the seventies and seventies movies and seventies things, we should just have this. We, we, I literally should have an afro for this, um, this podcast. But we are talking about <laughs> Eric Foreman. Pretty yes. <laughs> so here we go, and the next article, another THR article that we found it was a story about kareem abdul jabbar commemorating bruce lee's 80th 80th birthday with new stories about bruce lee uh the article goes on to talk about their relationship uh it talks about how uh, well there's actually it links to a podcast that the kareem is doing or did with shannon lee who's his daughter pete which i believe you listen to so yeah go ahead and um basically i i just i am a i'm a huge fan of bruce lee i mean as as we all are you know like who yes. doesn't love bruce lee but he's he's well known for his his action scenes and his his movies but it's really like his philosophy and his way of life that i find the most interesting like every bit of his movies has some sort of like He's almost like a modern day Socrates in a way, you know, like you could always mm-hmm. pick up something from his movies. So when I saw this article, I thought it was very interesting. And then I clicking around, 
So Bruce's daughter, Shannon, has a podcast called the Bruce Lee Podcast. And mm-hmm. Bruce's birthday, I believe, was November 27th. He would have been 80 years old. And it, it was what really I found interesting was just how I always assumed that Bruce and Kareem were just two huge stars who Hollywood just kind of put together to try to make some money as they always do. And that's not the case. Um, I believe uh, from what uh, from I listened to the podcast, Kareem basically says he met Bruce his junior year of college at UCLA. He wanted to just keep up with his studies of martial arts. And, you know, he, he went to, uh, I believe a, a friend of his who had a dojo or whatever, and he introduced him to Bruce. And it was funny. Cause like the first time the two of the, yeah, he's like, you got to check this guy out. This he's not, he's doing stuff like nobody, like nobody else out there. And the first time that Bruce and Kareem meet, you know, he, Bruce stands behind the punching bag uh, or heavy bag and Kareem hits it. And Bruce goes, interesting. So then, you know, Kareem's kind of like, okay, what's going on? Like, is he going to critique me or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce's wife comes out. Now Kareem hits, is behind the heavy bag. Bruce's mm-hmm. wife punches the heavy bag, knocks Kareem on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so like from that moment, Kareem was like, wow, this guy, he, I mean, if his wife can hit like that enough to knock me off. And it was just funny because Bruce always told him like, you don't want to be bigger you want to use your body as a whole. Like it's not about muscle. It's about using the muscles you have. So again, like just Mm -hmm. the philosophy about Bruce and Kareem just has like just amazing stories, how like uh, he would babysit Brandon Lee as a a child. And it's just funny because like Brandon was like a handful and there were times where like Brandon would tie Bruce up and uh, I'm sorry, not Bruce Kareem up while his parents were out doing whatever. And Kareem was basically held hostage by this little boy. And it's, it's, it's very funny. And there's just such great back and forth between the two. Uh, and it's just, you think about Kareem's life and it's just, wow. Like John Wooden, Bruce Lee, like two of the most amazing influential people that you can meet or just even just grace our wonderful little planet here. And Kareem was able to spend a lot of his time with them. And there's so many good stories. Uh, even Pat Riley. Yeah. Put Pat Riley in that mix. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Definitely. It just, yeah. but, and just, uh, Kareem just spoke about how influential Bruce was and just how he fought for, for, for women, for, for Asians uh, of both genders and just how he tried to use Hollywood to kind of just fight racism and prejudice. And there was one thing he mentioned that in Fist of Fury, uh, there was a scene that was added to the movie because of something that Kareem uh, mentioned to Bruce where during his studies, Kareem mentioned how when Hong Kong was a English colony, the English wouldn't let Chinese people into public parks with their dogs. And when, when Bruce heard about that, he, he choreographed a scene in Fist of Fury based on what, um, Kareem told him when he took his, his Chinese culture classes. And I thought that was, it. I thought it was so interesting how they fed off each other. And it, was it just with their dogs? Uh, well, like they, people in, by themselves? But it was them and their dogs, like people in general weren't allowed in the parks, but, but also their dogs. So it was, it was okay. a combination of both. And it was just, it was so interesting to listen to. And it's such an amazing podcast episode, um, the Bruce Lee podcast. And it's just, for anyone who's interested in Bruce Lee, it's it's probably one of the best hours you can ever listen to for any for any podcast. Does he talk about Game of Death and how that came about? And- he does. Uh, they never yeah. the, the movie. It's he he talks about it because it, it's a scene from a movie that never was really finished because Bruce passed. Right, and it's so it's so talked about. Like I, my my I have a couple Bruce Lee pops, and I'm looking at it right now. I have the pop in the yellow jumpsuit. 
Okay. Um, so like it, it's it's a big deal to me, and it's great because Kareem's just tall and lanky, and he's got his sunglasses on, and Bruce is wearing his yellow jumpsuit, and it's it's just amazing. But like that's the, that's one of the scenes that people he's like everywhere I go, people ask me about that scene and ask me just about working with Bruce, and it's just again it's so interesting to find out that this was such a natural friendship of two people who would eventually become just mega elitists, not elitists, but just mega stars in their respective fields. And you learn, I learned a lot about Kareem himself, how he's written articles and he's done yeah. various forms of charity work. And I was like, you know, Kareem kind of transcends sports uh, yes. as, as did Bruce. Yes. And he's not just a great athlete. He is just an amazing person. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of us were cheated um, with Bruce Lee dying so early. Well, both of them, uh, Bruce and Brandon. Yeah, both of them. You're right. And I mean, we got to see the, at least the crow with Brandon. At least, you know, I did. I wonder what would have happened with, with had Bruce not died, What if he would have become more of a mainstream actor here. I think um, there would have been a I, definite, like, uh, kung fu you know? genre. Kung fu might have taken the place of, like, the Western and been, like, that kind of, like, in that era. Like, it, it's Enter the Dragon was, like, you could see the building yes. block of it. It was yeah. coming. But it, it it didn't really happen because Bruce passed, and then you know right. Jackie Chan came later, but it wasn't the same impact. Yep, yeah, Jackie Chan, yeah, Jet Li, mm-hmm. like you had those guys come later. They had flashes in the pan, but they didn't. They still don't have the staying power of Bruce Lee, Tony Jaw, even. Well, Jackie Chan, I think has. Um, I think he's he done he's done a lot of movies here. He has. He's had uh, even had his own no. animated show, but I, I mean, yep. he hasn't touched culture no. the way bruce did no i can't no, take I anything away from jack he's no. had a fantastic career no outside of like rush hour three <laughs> <laughs> right? and i really love the new karate kid but that's besides the point that's you know here nor there uh most of the jackie lee oh sorry the jackie chan movies i've seen i i've liked yeah so i can't really i can't really say much there and he it, and the fact that the man does all his own stunts that's incredible too like yeah it's like him and tom you know, cruise are the only two guys who yeah. can do that I know. So a, not to go to not to go to Jackie Chan tangent. We're tangenting a lot today, but that was so. So, guys, check that out. Um, check out the podcast if you're big Bruce Lee fans. Definitely want to check that out because it's pretty. It's a pretty cool thing. Uh, and obviously, like I said, we were all cheated with Bruce Lee um, passing so early and so young. So uh, you know, just to just to hear another all time great talk about someone who he was friends with and all time great, I'm sure. So yeah. I'll Pete, I'll check it out as well. Oh, I'll definitely. And again, like the the relate you feel the relationship between the two. Like Kareem met uh, Shannon when she was like eight months old, so she grew up with Kareem. Kareem was always present in these in in their lives. So you, it, there's it's 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 almost like sitting at Thanksgiving and talking to a relative you haven't spoken to in a while like it's just the stories and they're real stories it's not really an interview as much as it is two people reminiscing about uh just a wonderful man in bruce lee yep another guy gone too soon it's unbelievable it seems all the great ones we have to deal with that say gone too soon so Mm -hmm. but definitely guys check that out something else you might want to check out is we're starting to get some scenes and pictures from the new lois superman and lois show that's coming out on the cw and Elizabeth Tullock, who plays Lois, uh, was recently released a photo of the their twin sons, right? Is their twin sons? I, think? I don't know if they're twins, but I, the, or just their two sons, right? They are definitely two boys. <laughs> yeah. So the, <laughs> there was a photo that she retweeted out, and it's, I mean, it's cool. They look, you know, 
It's I don't know what it seems yeah. that there's uh, some uh, restoration going on at the old Kent household. Yes, there's something going on in the photo in the background, and um, obviously this takes place long past the point we were left. I th- I would assume, right? In um, what's what's the, the crisis crossover? Is that the last time we saw them? Uh, yeah, I do think okay. though that they're they're. I I feel like they mentioned at one point in one of. Uh, Hoekland's other appearances that he had a kid. I don't know how far along it's come, but I'm surprised just looking at this picture. I didn't know that these, these boys look almost high school age. Like I cut. Yeah. That's what I was about. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that the show was about Superman and Lois, maybe juggling some rugrats, but I'm really interested to see how Superman and Lois deal with obnoxious teenagers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and especially two kids who probably, maybe have just discovered their powers or are about to discover their powers. So that that's interesting as well. And it's, it's just cool. It's, it's nice that things are happening and we're getting a look at some of this stuff. Cause I, I recently, uh, the flash recently paused uh, production because of a COVID outbreak. Right. So it's just nice to see that not, not everything is stopping because of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, as everyone, well, if you guys have listened to the podcast in the past, I've mentioned how I wasn't a fan of, of most of the other CW shows outside of Arrow and the early seasons of the flash. Watch Black so, <laughs> yes. But that's coming to an end too, which we didn't have on the list here, but we could throw that in if we want, uh, that black lightning is coming to an end. So, um, but I definitely, for that, I definitely will start to binge and stuff. I, you're not you and Justin Kowalski. And I think Ryan Haas also have all told me, Dude, Black That's Lightning a is show, a Netflix so. show on the CW. All right. All right. So I'll definitely check that out. But again, I when it comes to these, the Superman and Lois, I'm going off of your recommendation. So if you're, I definitely, I'll give it a shot. I know you like, I think you like um, Tyler Hoechlin or Hoechlin, however you say his last name. Hoechlin. As Superman. It's the one name I can pronounce. Yes. <laughs> um, and I've seen, I mean, I've seen, obviously I've seen them in the crossover events, so I do know and have a feel for them. So I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. He, he's but, very uh, Reeves Reeve Superman. He's okay. a combination of that, that wholesome Boy Scout type Superman. All right. But yeah, but it's cool, like you said, that we're getting, starting to get some content from these shows, because as we know, right now we're still in the midst of the pandemic and anything new we can get our hands on to watch is like gold. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So when these, when these things start coming out. You know, we will uh, we'll definitely be watching and then possibly even talking about them, especially the premiere. We'll probably talk discuss the premiere in a future podcast. So speaking of new, but it's kind of old, but returning to new is uh, we got word that Jeff Johns and Gary Frank are going to be returning to Batman Earth One oh, with baby. Batman Earth One Volume Three. So Jeff Johns obviously just is coming off of Three Jokers, which I thought was phenomenal. You thought was phenomenal. Yes. So now we get word that he's doing volume three of uh, Batman Earth One. So Pete, your excitement level. I mean, I thought he was done at DC. What happened? (laughs) I thought Jeff Johns was finished. What's going on? (laughs) I wonder. But uh, just really pumped for volume three. Volume one. It's still out of the two volumes. Volume one is still probably my favorite, but volume Mm two is really interesting. Exploring Catwoman, uh, Killer Croc, uh, Maroney, all that stuff. I mean, they are. It's a really fresh interpretation of just the early days of Batman, and you know, it's cool because it's like it kind of like it's kind of it feels like almost beginsy, almost what Reeves is doing. It's you know we're, we're exploring the origins, how everything came together. You know, because like if you go back to like Detective Twenty Seven and what Batman's doing, it's like not, some of that stuff isn't really the greatest. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's 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 
it's wonderful because of you know it gets us to where we are now. But the, I don't mind the the fresh interpretations and stuff. And I'm just I'm just really pumped. And Gary Frank's artwork is just like amazing. Yes. It's so interesting. Um, even like the, yeah. you know they don't really he didn't in, in volume one he didn't use like the traditional yellow oval you know don't, you know but it's kind of like almost like a kind of like almost Superman shieldy like it's not really round but it, it's, it's it's an interesting thing and you know I, I did I was kind of bummed because I was like man volume one they, they killed off Penguin you know mm-hmm. like, eh. I was like I don't know how I feel about that but then you read volume two and you're like oh you guys knew what you were doing already okay <laughs> so it's like don't judge it until the next part I guess but um yeah I'm just pumped uh, I, I mean. It's so great. Like three jokers was fantastic. I feel like John's is on a roll again. Uh, Doomsday clock and, and then three jokers. And now this, and I'm just, I'm just excited. Yeah. And this, I know earth one has been an influence for shows like Gotham and apparently the Batman, Matt Reeves, the Batman too. Oh, that's coming Gotham. up. So, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, obviously this is a story that's already resonating with people and it's, it's making its way into other media. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have a continuation of this kind of a story, I, I think everyone should be excited. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, it was I, cool. Cause like, I, I mean, th- he's, we've seen things in, in this version of Batman that we never really see before. Like in volume one, there's, there's a, there's a scene, a couple panels where the grapnel gun malfunctions mm-hmm. in early Batman. You know, he's not, you know, the veteran, he doesn't have the experience and how he collects himself and how he reacts to that is fascinating. I'm sitting there like, wow, this might be like, it, it just, it just misfired and didn't work. Like what's he going to do? And so it, it's stuff like that really kind of catches my eye and my attention. Yeah, I lo- I always love I love origin stories and early stories and stuff like that about characters that I I love because you, we all know them as the being these heroes all the time. Mm-hmm. So anytime you can get the vulnerabilities or the starting points of what how this happened and where it came from, I always love stories like that. So this is a continuation, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope I hope it's I hope it keeps up. It keeps Jeff Johns's uh, hits going. It's another hit for him. I hope it's, the hits you know, just the, keep on coming. Seriously. The hits just keep on coming. So speaking of Jeff Johns and moving forward into and staying in DC and moving to television, we got a new picture of Starfire from Titans. And uh, it was released a couple weeks ago, I believe. Uh, November 23rd. But, yes, but it's, uh, it's, I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? it's it's in my opinion, it's way better than seeing her in the you know the little yeah. Joker purple coat. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just seems more traditional. You got a lot of purple, you got a lot of gold, you got her her little green sapphires everywhere. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited. I, I like I like what Starfire was able to do, even though they didn't really do too much um, with her like powers and everything. But every once in a while, she kind of she she started glowing, and that was great. Really excited just to see her like flowing with the fire hair and just the trail and all that. I just it, it just looks way more traditional to me. Almost, you know, sometimes Starfire doesn't wear a whole lot of clothes. So <laughs> it's nice to see her in a in a full uh, ensemble. Yeah, and I mean, it's cool. The pictures that they released, they like gave a rundown of what all the gems are, like the opals and, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, you know, and her, her sapphires and whatever. So it was cool too to have that assistance if you didn't know <laughs> what things were. Uh, I hopefully hopefully we get more of these for the other characters. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this season of Titans. We had Brian Edward Hill on. Unfortunately, he couldn't tell us anything. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to season three. 
I know this show is a bit controversial among people. I know it's not everyone's favorite, but I've liked it from the beginning. I've enjoyed and, it. Uh, yeah, 100%. yeah. Yeah. And I do, I do agree with the criticism that it kind of takes long to get where it's going. Like there's a lot of dr- um, drag in the show. I can, I can admit that a little bit. Let's see what that HBO money can do, baby. Right. right. I'm looking forward to see what now that you're under uh, the HBO umbrella, what they can do with it. But this picture again, I'm sure everyone's seen it. It's an awesome photo. Uh, it, re- it really like pops. Like you see yeah. everything you'd want to see from the character. So Definitely, definitely looking forward to can, uh, Titan yeah, season three. I'm pumped to see yes. Anna just in suit yeah. and some special effects. And like I said earlier, like uh, now that it's an HBO Max thing, it's it's going to get a little bit more money. So everything's going just going to look sharper. Everything's going to look more uh, defined, and it's it's going it, to she's going to. I think she'll reap the benefits from that. Being that I, f- her and Beast Boy, that they're the most uh, you know supernatural meta human of the group. Yes. Oh, definitely. I, I kind of hope now they can do a little more with her, um, with him too, with Beast Boy. Yeah. Uh, I like what so they did know. before, but I, I just expected to, right. I expected to go to the next level now, you know? Yep. Yeah. And we're going to, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see scenes on Tamaran this year because Blackfire, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be in this season. Yeah. She was teased the end of last season. So, I'm sure we might see some of Tamaran this year, which would be cool as well to see how they handle. I can't wait. That. I cannot yeah. wait. I'm excited. Again, we're, yep. Again, we're looking for content. We want new content. You know, we have, we can, you can only watch those movies and shows. So, <laughs> so many times. So we want to watch some new stuff. Uh, well, there was some sad news recently um, for Star Wars fans and uh, all around the world. Uh, David Prowse, who is known? Who's the embodiment of Darth Vader? We all know James Earl Jones does the voice, but David Prowse, um, it was the guy in the suit, and he passed away on what was it? Last week, yeah, passed away last week mm-hmm. at at the age of eighty five. Uh, as a Star Wars fan, as a guy who, as a kid who grew up being afraid of Darth Vader, and then eventually finding an affinity for the character as I got older, I re- this, this news hit me pretty hard. Um, he had prostate cancer. So um, that was one of possibly one of the causes I've heard maybe that he got COVID as well. I don't know for cer- certain, but I did hear that. Ripe old age of 85. Yeah. I mean, he lived a long life. Uh, the man was incredible outside of just being Darth Vader. He was a champion bodybuilder. Um as we were talking about Superman before, he trained Christopher Reeve uh, to get in shape to be Superman. Um, he was pillars of the community, did a lot of charity work. Uh, he was actually a bodyguard in A Clockwork Orange. I did not know that. Okay. Yes. So uh, what I found really interesting was he did like these recycling or, or some kind of uh, uh infomercial in england where he played he played like a super a superhero in like this kind of like green and white outfit and it, I, i've seen some of the infomercials so I thought, I thought that was cool he seemed to be uh very well liked and received and just were very well respected um I, it's funny because because he just recently passed i have just recently seen the uh footage on set of him as darth vader and he did speak the lines yeah and i'm sitting like oh man I was like, Lucas was right. Cause like this, he doesn't have that almost just voice that presents fear. And uh, you know, like yeah. James Earl Jones obviously aced it, but like 
you know, uh, Prowse's just stature and the way he stood and his mannerisms are so definitive. And it's, it's a very interesting collaboration between the two actors. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny for me listening to him with his accent, uh, talking to Leia about, about her little trip to Alderaan. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't be afraid of this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the voice, they made the right choice on the voice. Yes. We, that's an iconic voice. And James Earl Jones was blessed with that voice, man. I mean, what are you going to do? If you have, if you have that talent to do it and to make, put it into this guy's body and this character, it was, it was perfect. And Oh, he's arguably the greatest villain of all time. You can discuss, we could discuss other people, but he's in the conversation. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it's just, it was sad news for me. If you, there's a documentary, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore that goes about his life and um, how it wasn't always great for him playing after Star Wars with Darth Vader and how, uh, you know, he wasn't always treated the best by the studio. It, the The documentary, I forget the name of it, but if you guys can find it, Go ahead and and watch it. It was it was very good. Man, and these studios suck. <laughs> I know. I, it, the more you hear about it, the more you're like, damn. These uh, maybe it makes sense that the actors get paid so much so much damn money if this is what they're actually these dealing with. Suits and ties, man. They, they seem to cause trouble no matter what. But yeah, but it's 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 a really good documentary, and this is a really big loss. But like you said, he lived to 85. He lived a full life. And he'll be remembered. He's he's iconic, and he will yeah. always be remembered. Now he has a legion uh, of fans, and you know yep. people who love his work. And I mean, what else more can you want than just, just to essentially eternal life? Yes, physically he will. He's not going anywhere. People will watch those movies, and they will know him, and they will talk about him, and he will he will just live on. Yes, he will. So rest in peace, man. Thank you for giving me and a legion of people one of the greatest villains mm-hmm. that has ever been written and ever been watched. He was phenomenal. And there are still times where you might be able to catch me uh, if you dress up as Darth Vader and it's dark and you're behind me and you might be able to scare me still. So <laughs> even at this age, uh, someone could get me that way. So Eric, did you rest in peace, pants? man? <laughs> Well, I mean, if if you behind me and did that the breathing, I'd probably jump a little bit. Really? Just a little. When I hear that breathing, I instantly think of Tony Soprano and like Doctor Melfi's couch. You know. <laughs> so, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's not a great yeah. guy either. <laughs> no, he was not. He was not. Another guy gone too soon. Oh crap! Keep going into this. Uh, man, now I'm getting really sad. Okay, we're not gonna be sad anymore because we're gonna end with a really really good topic oh baby is this stuff good yes, yes so today i'm gonna be honest i wasn't planning on buying this but pete today he messaged me he goes eric have you read batman catwoman number one and i was like no he's like can you get a copy of it i'm like sure yeah that's right i'm in charge but <laughs> <laughs> like, you get a copy of it. i'm like sure i'll give it a read whatever and i am glad i did because i really liked it mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, man, all the everything it pulls from and everything it connects and like, it kind of brings a bunch of different stories together. Yes. Um, I enjoy reading it. So uh, I th- hope everyone else, if you haven't read it, guys, get it and read it. It was excellent. But Pete, do a little do your little breakdown. Oh, man. I mean, first of all, just it this mo- this book, this book really is a pure sequel to Mask of the Phantasm in every essence yes. of the word. I mean, all yes, the big is. players are there. You have Batman, you have eight, uh, you have Beaumont, you have the Joker. And then in, in the midst of all this, you throw in the love triangle of Bruce Wayne, 
Beaumont and Selena Kyle. And it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. And it's just this already like one issue in I'm getting like three jokers vibes. Like, yes, usually coming off a story like three jokers, you don't get a story that almost rivals it right away, but this feels like it will. I think this is going to go for a little bit longer than the three issues that three jokers did. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's not only is it just a beautiful story, but uh, just written, it is a fantastic, uh, just fantastic artwork by Mr. Clay Mann. I mean, I mean, just the elder Selena Kyle and just the suits that Batman and Catwoman have uh, Catwoman suit, very inspired by uh, the animated series and just yes. the romance. And it, it's a nonlinear uh, story. So like you go back and forth between like future and present day and you can see like, and it's almost like a blessing that this, is a black label book. Like I know Tom King was supposed to, this is basically the continuation of his run in Batman and main continuity. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that DC didn't really, this story had to be told. And because of what future state's going to be, this is going to run through future state or probably be published alongside future state. So Mm -hmm. the fact that it's kind of black label and not really in main continuity allows it to take some liberties and be a little bit more free than he would be if he was the main continuity writer. But I mean, just the Joker. If you read Javi Javi's uh, review on Batman on film, uh, Javi does a fantastic job explaining it as well. Just the Joker's very creepy in this story. Yes, very creepy, and yes. he's got that classic Jack Joker gangster vibe, fedora, you know, suspenders, just really beautiful stuff, and it just. Oh man, just Catwoman looks just very seductive and stunning. And there's a really cool twist. I don't want to ruin it because I want you guys to read it and see it for yourself. But there's an awesome twist at the end with the older Catwoman that's just phenomenal. And just seeing Beaumont with uh, the get the Phantasm suit ready. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. it's just like it's you're going to go back and forth. And you're it's definitely I've already read it twice. Fantastic, phenomenal book. Uh, just and I, I picked up the cardstock cover. Uh, it just felt right, like for a book like this, I don't mind spending the extra money. But I mean, I just I can't say how much I loved it in the art. I mean, I, Reno, you you should pick this up because this is your Joker. This is right up there. Yes, it is, yes, it is his Joker. I agree with everything you said. This, I mean, again, I wasn't going to read it, but you're like, no, you have to. So I said, all right, fine. So I did. And yes, I concur with everything you said, man. This is it's it's a direct sequel to Mask of the Phantasm, um, guys. It's even apropos for the season because there's a there's yeah. a holiday tune in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it fits with the Christmas season. So you would have that, but yeah, man, just the detail and just the the story, like you said, how it goes back and forth. And for me, it was confusing in the beginning, and then at the it comes all comes together at the end. It definitely like it definitely has a three jokers type of beats. Like the beats to it are very similar yeah. to what you got in there. Uh so yeah guys, I am not a comic reader like Pete is, so definitely take his um I mean, opinion over mine. But I put it in the rundown just because it's a big number one. Tom King coming back right. as Batman after he kind of left uh prematurely to finish his story. So like and that like you know Lauer Lauer me and Kowalski are really big on this. Like we we're, yes. we're really pumped for this. I mean especially those two guys they're not they're not very happy with the main Batman title right now. Um yes, I do know. <laughs> so this this just seems like and you know like and I know Justin like loved King's run. I, be- I believe he did. So it's, it's just cool to get that kind of like the conclusion of that. And it's, it's better than I thought it was going to be. I was, for me, it was having phantasm in a comic book for the first time 
really outside of like the comic book adaptation of the movie that really, really kind of like sold me. But like reading this, I was like, this is not what I expected at all. No, not one bit. And I am so happy that they decided to do this. This uh, it's it's fantastic. I, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Like, please pick up this book. You will not regret it. Yeah, the and the art is beautiful and so detailed. Oh, man, and is fantastic. Yeah, this is it's excellent. So, guys, definitely read it I, again. You can listen to Pete. He's much more well versed on the stuff than I am. But as someone who wasn't planning on it, and now I can't wait to continue. <laughs> definitely get it. Definitely give it a read. You will not be disappointed. And even it like was, the Sewer King, which was a character created yes. for Batman, the animated series is in it. So it really is almost, it's a continuation of King's run. It's a, a sequel to the movie. It's I, I, it is a bat fans dream. If you don't read this book, listen to me. If you don't read this book, you are not a Batman fan. I'm sorry. There's no other way to describe it. It's that goddamn good. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't have been a Batman fan anymore, apparently. So I'm glad you told glad you told me to read it because I did. And like I said, I can't wait to read the rest. So definitely, guys, go out and get it. If you either whether you buy the floppy or if you want to get it digitally, which is how I got it, uh, definitely, definitely cop it. It's it's a lot. Of, it's a really good read, and it's the setting up setting up a really good run here. We're gonna I have a good feeling about this one. So well worth it. Four ninety nine. Yes, well worth it. Well worth it. So, I want to talk a little bit now uh, about something we might, we're probably going to be doing as a group of podcasters. Myself, Pete, um, the Vigilante nineteen thirty nine guys, uh, Justin Kowalski at Let's Go, Ryan Haas, Batman on Film. Yeah, everybody Garrett, who's a part of GNN. Yes, pretty much everyone. <laughs> everyone who's part of the, our group, we are planning on having some kind of a telethon money fundraiser event um probably with, within the next few weeks uh to raise money for uh food banks and people in the country that are that don't have food right now because of covid and uh we want to give back for christmas i think most of us here um maybe not have the perfect situations but we're doing okay we have a roof over our head we have food in the in the pantry and clothes on our backs and there's a lot of people right now who don't have food or or are one paycheck away from not having being able to buy food or take care of their family. So as a community, uh, I got everyone together and I'm like, Hey, I think we should try and give this a shot. And we all agreed. So we're going to be doing something like that. Uh, we will have news coming out about it in the next couple of days. We're going to try and have some raffles. If we can get some, st- some products and raffle things off to game, to get some money that way. No all one does giveaways better than straight out of Gotham. And straight out, That's true. That is true. Sorry, sorry, Ryan Lauer, but we we're better. <laughs> so yeah, so we will have uh, again. We're gonna all the proceeds that we have from this are gonna go to a specific chari- food charity, either in our area or a national one. We haven't decided that yet, but um, we definitely will. And either we're g- we'll do a show that coincides with it. We'll be on air, but we'll also set up a link so you guys can send the money directly. If so. Um, and then we'll get alerted to it and we'll, we'll shout you out or we'll send you a, a gift or a prize or something. Uh, but definitely look out for that. Um, again, if you guys can help, we want to help. We're going to be donating ourselves. So it's not like we're just asking you for money and we're going to sit on our hands. Uh, so de- again, that look out for that. That should be coming soon. Uh, Pete, anything you want to tell the guys about? Uh, no, just, uh, 
thank you for all your support and everything you've done uh, for us and our little podcast here over the past couple months. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it has been. Uh, we're coming to the end of the year, guys. Pete and I have been doing this since uh, end of April was episode one. Uh, this is episode 22. Uh, we have a good amount of followers. So thank you guys for following us. For everyone who's downloading the podcast, we want to thank you for that as well. Uh, you know, we couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't, um, we wouldn't be here. If we, if we did our first couple of shows and no one was listening, we, would have, we probably would have ended this thing. You still would have heard us, just not together. So uh, we thank that you that you find value in our um, the chemistry that we have because uh, we do like each other. I think for the most part, <laughs> no, we do so, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. So, um, anything you want to plug, Pete? Want to? Where can they find you? Uh, you anything you can yeah, talk about? Just follow me on social media at Pete Illustrated. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Zack Snyder's favorite Vero. Uh, please make sure to check out our Facebook page. Uh, for straight out of Gotham, as well as our Facebook uh, group page. Uh, we do some cool interactions there. Uh, follow our show page on uh, Twitter at straight underscore O underscore G as well as straight underscore O underscore G on Instagram. Uh, posting pictures, keep an eye on those Grundy alerts. Uh, keep an eye out for the next contest we do. We're going to do, uh, I'm thinking the next, the next contest we're going to do, uh, well, obviously we do the monthly contest, but uh, if we get to 220 followers, I'm going to do a cool little uh, contest to see if we can get to 250. So I'm going to try to push you guys to get us some followers with some likes and retweets and all that jazz. But uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram and let's talk shop and let's have fun with our capes and tights. <laughs> yes, sir. If you guys want to follow me, I uh, find me on Twitter at finally 33. It's spelled finale 33. Same thing on Instagram, except it's fi finale underscore. 33. You just got to streamline it, man. Make it one. Yeah, I tried, but someone has it. So I can't, I can't do that. Scoundrels. Um, I know. Uh, they, who, who, who is a better finally 33 than me? I don't know. I can't think of another one. I can't either. Uh, follow us on Facebook guys. As always, we have a, uh, we have our straight out of Gotham group page, fan group page, and also a straight out of Gotham show page. So the Straight Outta Gotham show page, again, is more informational, where we post the podcast and post things we're going to be doing. The group page is for discussion and fun there, and you guys can make fun of us if you want. As always, as Pete mentioned in the beginning, don't forget to, if you want, to go to iTunes, leave us a comment, rate the show, and you might win something. Who knows? Yep. You might win something. The December contest has begun. Yes, the December contest has begun. So this podcast <laughs> will be one of the first ones. So... Guys, again, rate us again or hate us. Rate us or hate us. I guess that's that's a good way for oh, me to put it now. Like rate that. us or right. I like that. Yeah, rate us or hate us. And if it's creative enough, we might the hate. We might just um, that might be the one that wins. So you never know. All right. So that sorry if you guys just heard that little bell. That's my dog. She wants to be part of the show. Jingle bells. <laughs> Lay is here. <laughs> yes, she is. All right, guys. So in closing. For Pete Vera, I'm Eric Holzman. This is Straight Outta Gotham. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Booyah.